0: Our Burdick BMW opening drive takes us, though, to Syracuse basketball. Now, we discussed this a little bit towards the end of last week. We were off Friday, but we knew that Frank Anselm had signed on the dotted line for Syracuse in terms of committing. Not signed officially, but gave his verbal commitment. 6'10 prospect, four-star recruit. Now, to be fair, ESPN rivals have him slated as a three-star 24-7 where our buddy Mike McAllister resides. who was just on with us earlier today here on ESPN Syracuse with SportsZilla. We had Mike on last week as well. Always great to talk recruiting with Mike. Depending on which service you point to, Frank is either a three or a four star. Now, it should be noted that he reclassified from the class of 2021 to the class of 2020. So that's going to knock him down the peg a little bit. He's still a highly regarded prospect at his position. But he's not a true across-the-board four-star, so to be fair. But if he was in the class of 2021, committed as then, he certainly would be. That was a eye-opener. Wasn't on the market that long. You looked at the procedure of Coach Autry establishing the relationship, getting in there, working quickly and working without the ability of Frank to visit this campus, to do the usual things that recruits do to make one of the most important decisions of their lives. It's amazing what you can accomplish via Zoom. I'm tired of doing it via Zoom, as I'm sure many of you are tired of doing it via Zoom, as offices in the world kind of gets back going here, including in central New York. But kudos to the coaching staff for that. So that was a big score. Now, look, in terms of playing right away, he's in a crowded field. There's a lot of big men ahead of him. Barama Sidibe, Jesse Edwards. We'll see what happens with Robert Braswell. All indications seem to be he will be coming back, but long light ahead of him. A player, John Jock, of course, back in the in the mix. He's described as kind of a raw prospect in certain areas, but five wingspan fits that profile of who you'll want In the 2-3 zone. And as Jim Beheim has noted himself, they had to get bigger. He had to get better at recruiting big men. And to grab a prospect like that in the time frame and the circumstances in which they did, kudos to them. Big score. Just as we go off the air Thursday, Benny Williams commits. Now, we have had plenty of conversations with Mike McAllister with Mike Waters, with Matthew Gutierrez, with yours truly, I've mentioned Benny, and people that follow the recruiting world, with eyes on Benny Williams. Because through all this recruiting discussion that we've had, the players that committed even the transfers that Syracuse missed out on and the ones that they got, in the case of Alan Griffin, there was a big hole in the recruiting discussion, and that was 2021 was empty didn't mean they weren't pursuing players for that class. It just meant that that process was kind of taking on its own tenor. There were certain players taking their time making those decisions. Syracuse respecting that time. And the name that kept bubbling up the most was Benny Williams. Now, quietly and confidently behind the scenes, people felt like Benny would come to Syracuse for the reasons that he publicly stated on Thursday in that, He's always wanted to come since he came to an elite camp at Syracuse a couple years back. He liked the relationships that he established with Beheim, with Autry, with the whole thing. But you want the kid to go through the process. Benny is a player who did visit, has been to games, has done the normal process to make a very important decision and where you're going as a player. But when they decide to commit is it's it's their prerogative, and you gotta be patient with that, particularly with a player of Benny's caliber. 6'8", offensive-minded forward. Now, I'm going to be careful how I say this. I was going back and forth with somebody respectfully, for once, (laughs) on Twitter before the show. Because the Syracuse coaches see Benny Williams as a Billy Owens type. Now, that means in style of play. There's a difference between saying he's a Billy Owens type, he's a Carmelo Anthony type, Type as opposed to, he's the next Billy Owens, or he is the next Carmelo Anthony, right? Big difference. It's style of play. You always want somewhat of a mind frame of comparison, right? Danny Williams is a top 50 player across the board. He's one of the top-rated players at his position, class of 2021. Highly sought-after guy, big schools after him. He commits to Syracuse. Benny Williams said something intriguing in his conversation with Mike Waters of Syracuse.com. And I wrote a column today about recruiting. It's up on Syracuse.com. Hope you guys can check that out. But right at the end of his conversation with Mike was, was something intriguing. And it's a simple statement, but it's one that raises the eyebrows. It is one that has been echoed by Dior Johnson. Syracuse's class of 2022 commit, who is a top-five player overall. Right now, Syracuse is the number one class in the class of 2022. Now, that's where you can kind of fudge the numbers a little bit. There's only like seven teams in that ranking right now, but they got a big score there, top-five player. He has been openly saying on social media, I'm going to get players here. I'm recruiting players. Promoting Syracuse. The tweet that he had when Benny signed was like a simple, I told you so, right? Benny Williams said this to Mike, quote, we've got more coming. The Cuse is back. Not, hey, we're going to get more. Not, hey, we hope this leads to good things. That's, we got more coming. Recruits talk. The best recruiters are recruits. Not that having a Hall of Fame legacy head coach, great assistant coaches, one of the best practice facilities in the country, 35,000 people rocking the place in the biggest games, the ACC, everything that you would go out there and sell Syracuse basketball on as a coach. But the best recruiters are the players. Players recruit players. Players lead to players. To hear Benny Williams say that is intriguing. Now, i got to tell you something else that is intriguing to me in this entire process. And I want to make this abundantly clear because people half listen to things and I get taken out of context a lot. I have empathy for athletes that say they get taken out of context because I get taken out of context on this show a lot. People come up to me and write emails to me or whatever the case may be. You said this and I'm like, no, that's not what I said. Here's what I said. I'm like, oh, so let me be abundantly clear about this. I'm not calling for this today, tomorrow, next week, or anytime soon. I am merely making an observation here that when Jim Beheim steps aside, whenever that is, I'm not calling for it, I'm just saying when that day comes, because it's going to come sometime, I think Adrian Autry is making some serious inroads to be the heir apparent. To be the next coach. Because when you read what these players are saying. And both Benny Williams and Frank Anselm were Adrian Autry recruits. The connection that he makes with these players. Remember, two totally different recruitments. Anselm was a hurried situation. He was put on the table a couple months back because he reclassified. He, Frank now, noted his relationship with Coach Autry. Here's what he said. Quote, I'm a big relationships person. Over the course of my recruitment, I grew close with Coach Autry. I had a ton of offers. I could have gone anywhere in America, but he was the person I fell closest to. Here's what Benny Williams said about Coach Autry. A little more generic, a little more basketballish, but said, quote, I talked a lot to Coach Red. He said he wants to work with me and help me get to the next level. He's making connections. He's respected by players that sign. I have heard players that came close to Syracuse signing say the same thing. He's starting to get on a certain level, and that to me is a message to those of you, and look, Mike Hopkins was an amazing recruiter, an electric personality. I think he's had a down year this past season. There's not he's not, his program at Washington is not free of warts. But I think we'd all would agree that Hopkins is a has made it as a Division One head coach, respected guy, good recruiter, good program, and if Jim Beheim resigned tomorrow or retired tomorrow, whatever the case may be, and again, I'm not calling for that. I'm merely saying the day will come. Then people would fall over themselves for Hopkins to come back. What I'm here to tell you is that Autry is starting to get on that level as a recruiter, as somebody who connects with players, and as somebody who needs to be taken seriously as the next head coach here. And the reason that I kind of reclassified that was because the take that I have had, and still have, by the way, that when the day comes, whenever that is, again, I'm not calling for it. I'm saying when the day comes, that Jim Beheim steps aside. It has always been my contention that whoever is in the athletic director's chair has to have a broad, open search. Keep your options open across the country. Don't just hand it over to Autry, GMAC, whoever the case may be. Keep your options open. This is a top-flight program that, if you just looked at it on the surface, without the family connection, without the the history, and things that have to be considered in college programs, but just look at it on the surface, you could get a really good coach here. Don't sell yourself short. Don't just say, this guy has to be the next guy. My opinion is still the same there. But I will also say my opinion of Autry being the heir apparent of being the next guy is rising. Just, he's putting in the work. Results are showing. Not that he wasn't there before, but there's just a certain tenor, a certain certain feeling to it. And my feeling on that has changed. If you had asked me this question six months ago, I'd be like, I'm not there yet. I'm now there where it should be right in the same breath. But I'm not there in the, just hand it to him like Hopkins realm. But he's doing a great job. Not that Jerry hasn't. Jerry got Dior Johnson, Alan Griffin. They're all making inroads there. But if that's the road, they end up going down. Keep it in the family. Have somebody that knows Syracuse, can sell Syracuse, and could take over this program from all aspects. If that's what they choose to do, I feel a lot better about that choice today. Than I did yesterday. And that's not a reflection on Autry. It's a reflection on what I said a minute ago. Keep your options open. Be smart. There's lots of great coaches out there. That you should consider. Again. When that day comes. Because it's going to happen. What? You said I should resign? No. But that day's going to come people. And you got to be ready for it. Because another thing that stuck out to me. And you got to ride this way. Until it hits the beach. This is not a criticism. Both Benny Williams and Frank Anselm. Cited the legacy of Jim Beheim, And that's, you'd be a moron not to cash in on that. The work put in by the assistants, then Beheim gets in there, the influence of what he says, the respect that these players have for him. Of course you do that. Of course you do. But there's going to be a day where you're going to be no longer able to. Then what's your plan? Not that that's all Syracuse recruits on, but you got to have a working moving plan in place to make that transition. And I think Syracuse has made big, big steps in that. So huge recruiting week. The Beheim critics, the recruiting critics, the inbox headlines of Beheim can't recruit or Beheim can't this, or the tweets, and this is what I wrote my column about today and are kind of saying right now on the radio, been real quiet there. But as Obi-Wan Kenobi once said in Star Wars, the Sand People are easily startled, but they'll be back in bigger numbers. Let's break on that note and come back. Certainly would appreciate your feedback on that. The stadium? Now, it only came out today. Maybe it's just temporary. Maybe it means Syracuse is making progress and getting a new corporate name, a new carrier dome. Put on the building. They've made progress in one of the most impossible documents to get out of in the history of mankind with the way that that Carrier Dome sponsorship was put into place. That could be it. As I mentioned, John Wildhack's going to be on the show later this week, and I shouldn't give away what we're going to ask him about, but it's out there, and people are curious about it. But, But what is the stadium? Significant press release from Syracuse today on two fronts. One is that they feel comfortable... Beginning the slow burn of here's what the basketball schedule looks like now. Listen, you got to make plans. You've got to forge ahead. You have got to put a schedule into place. Should a second wave of COVID come and affect us in some way, everybody's kind of keeping that on the back burner. That is possible, right? How these games will look like in terms of attendance, where the world is, how we're handling COVID nineteen, progress on a vaccine there was news today the world health organization said that it is actually in their words quote very rare that asymptomatic carriers are transmitting the disease this could be very significant news in terms of moving forward phases going from one to the next and how we go forward here we still have to be cautious and and take precautions and be smart about but i thought that was pretty significant because look you look all around the country this past weekend i didn't see a lot of social distancing going on i saw a lot of great things going on a lot of people exercising their first amendment rights and that's amazing but at the same time you're seeing these masses of people first time really since we've gone into the covid era and you're like and they're and a lot of them wearing masks and taking whatever precautions they could take if anything it's going to be a giant experiment to see just how much COVID spreads based on some of the things we've been told it could. But that news from the WHO today was fairly significant if, in fact, it's true. But when a new disease comes along, we kind of have to learn as we go, study it. And people are certainly frustrated about where it's put us. But there's a lot. We, we, to use an expression people in sports use a lot, we don't know what we don't know. Right. So we don't know what the world's going to look like in terms of COVID-19 on November 10th, but that's when Syracuse has scheduled UNBC Maryland-Baltimore County, to come play a basketball game. That is a Tuesday night. UMBC, as a 16 seed, first ever, knocked off number one Virginia a couple of years back in the NCAA tournament. Virginia, of course, responded to win the NCAA tournament the next year so. Significant swing on that front. So interesting, juicy little game to start the season. Okay. All those things I mentioned were interesting. None of them are the most interesting in their press release. It's right here in the first sentence, as a matter of fact. Syracuse will square off with Maryland-Baltimore County for the second time in program history when the two squads meet on Tuesday, November 10th in the stadium. In the stadium. Okay. Now, in case uh, you've been asleep at the wheel here for the past, I don't know, year or so, Syracuse has been systematically phasing out Carrier Dome. First, it was removed from press release, or uh, press guides, pardon me. I think uh, my colleague Chris Carlson at Syracuse.com ran the numbers on this. I'm going to get it wrong, but he compared the press guide. For one year, the first time that it was not referenced as the Carrier Dome to the year before that. And it went from, like, I think 70-something references to, like, one. Okay. Use of the term Carrier Dome from official Syracuse functions has been essentially eradicated. Now, it's when they played up until this past season, when renovations went in full starting in March... You, it was still on the side of the building. It was still on the court. It was still in the places it was contractually obligated to be. But outside of that, it didn't exist. Carrier, carrier who? de-emphasized in a lot of ways. It was referred to as the dome. Well, now that there's that roller coaster looking contraption that we now see in our skyline here in central New York. Side note, I made this reference today. I was on with our buddies Sal Capaccio and Jeremy White on WGR, the Mighty WGR five fifty in Buffalo this morning, and this popped in my head as I was saying it. It's gonna be kind of a somewhat weird reference if you haven't seen this movie, but if you have, you'll get it. Do you remember the movie Contact with J- uh, Jodie Foster it came out in the nineties? She was a scientist, and if you haven't seen it, it's a it's a movie I strangely find myself watching on cable when it's on, even though a it's really long and b. It's actually not that good, but there's parts of it that really intrigue me. Anyway, in the movie, they receive a signal from aliens, and they decode the signal, and the signal is actually a contraption that aliens have sent the schematics to, which basically sends you into the deeps of space, right? So the whole movie is based on like the debate about how they should build it or not, and of course they end up building it, and Jodie Foster becomes the one to... Be the first person in this thing. Anyway, what's going up on top of the dome looks like this thing. So that's what made me think of that. Okay, let me get back on track here. The stadium. Now that the bubble is gone, literally, and we're heading into the next world of, of, again, I want to say the dome here. I'm going to continue to say the dome. I think people are still going to refer to it as the dome. As John Wildhack said on this show, eh, people call it the Dome anyway, right? But the stadium? Now, I don't want to get off on too much of a rant here, to paraphrase Dennis Miller. That could be temporary. That could be temporary because of the construction structure. Of the place. They're moving forward with a new name. Perhaps they have found a way out of the Carrier Dome obligation. And that's what they're going to do going forward. Right now it is just kind of a stadium. Wording is important though. And wording is noted here. And this is the first time that an official release has referred to it as that. So you got a fan base that has called it one thing forever. Forever. Now you've got official university documents saying, well, this is what it's called. What a team, an organization, however you want to phrase this, wants you to call their stadium doesn't always mesh, right? They put corporate names on it and people just give it nicknames, right? Lincoln Financial Field, eh, that's the link, right? Sometimes it sticks and that's what you call it. Gillette Stadium is Gillette Stadium what they want us to refer to the dome going forward is going to be interesting because I'm sure as hell not going to call it the stadium. I don't think you're going to call it the stadium. So let where are we going here? What, what do we call this thing? Are we in some sort of temporary hold here on what we do with them? And again, everybody that's paid attention for five minutes in the last year or so knows they're, they're trying to get out of that deal. They are efforting to get out of that deal. But for those, the rare list of people in the world that have seen that document, it appears to be like an ironclad corporate naming that they just can't get out of. So it's on carrier, basically. To be willing to break the deal, get a payoff for the deal, whatever it is, for Syracuse to move forward and put another name on a building that now has a new roof, a new scoreboard going in, and feels like the opportunity for a new era. Feels like the opportunity for a lot of things, right? Including... I'm not a lawyer, I just play one on the radio. The physical structure of the building is no longer an air-supported dome. So, about that contract, right? The stadium. I mean, that is right in the first sentence. That is not a mistake of some sort. That's, that's an effort being made to change a narrative, to change what we refer to. I would caution Syracuse in doing this because you don't want to confuse your fans. It's the dome. It's an iconic building. It's an iconic brand. It's an iconic destination. I don't think you want to mess with that. I think in some way, shape, or form, again, even though technically it's not a dome anymore. I mean, they're going to put a new roof on it. It's going to kind of sort of look like the old one with the roller coaster contraption. It's not our old friend, the air-supported bubble. But you can't drill into heads for 40 years that it's a dome and then ask us to hit the brakes and call it something else. At least not right away. Habits change hard. It takes a long time to establish a habit and then to break one.